Hey, welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward, and today we're doing part one of our new episode, talking about ordinary practices and extraordinary experiences. You know, talking about the how and the why of why we do what we do when it comes to spiritual practices. It's, it's important to have good spiritual practices in place, but even more important than the hows of what we're doing is the why of what we're doing behind it. So we're going to cover both of those today. We're going to talk about the hows and the whys of spiritual practices, but make sure you stick around all the way to the end because it gets really good. John, welcome back to Life Roots God Heals. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. Good to be here. You got to know that you're special. I think when I said welcome back, this is actually the first time in five seasons we're bringing someone back. Besides me, you mean. Well, that's true. That's true. I know. I was just waiting to give you cred for that one. That is true. Uh you, You were a returning guest in season three? Yes. And then became a host with me in season four, correct? Okay. Yeah. Very good. So out of outside of hosts. <laughs> yeah. Which mm-hmm. includes Chris, because you know, when when we first interviewed you, uh John Chris Wolwind was our was our co-host with me. Yep. And mm-hmm. and so he's returned as a guest since then. Oh fun. Yeah. Nice. So but you are the first. So that's okay. Clarifying, you're the first non-host as a returning. I'm, I'm guest. happy to be a non-host. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know I have my my places of hospitality. I'm not sure on a podcast I'd be very good at it. So I'm grateful for others that do those kinds of things and invite me into their context. So thank you. Well, you also are special to me because really and should be to everyone who's ever listened to this podcast or ever will because in a lot of ways this show doesn't exist without your influence in my life as one of my instructors in my in the spiritual direction school that I got to go through so again you're special in that way as well well I'm I'm grateful we had that time together and I'm grateful for time like this it's always good to see uh, people continue the journey and in a process. And Mm -hmm. so I appreciate the fact that uh, as you continue to kind of work some of these places into your own life and see God at work through those things, it's fun to catch up a little bit and see, see all that kind of has transpired since then and is continuing to transpire uh, beyond this time. So that's a good thing. Well, in the spirit of that, what's going on with you? Like, what are your spiritual practices that are helping you? What kind of things are you struggling with? Or or mm-hmm. even just directions that you're stepping into? And how is God showing up in all of that through these th- the things that you're practicing? Well, uh, first of all, I you know, I have certain practices that probably have been long-term spiritual practices. And when I talk about, when I'm thinking about spiritual practices, I'm thinking about places where God has access to me in in a more intentional way, uh, where I've in a sense somehow designated time to say, you know, Lord, there's something that maybe you want to be about in this particular moment and in this particular time, doing this particular thing, and I want to be available to that. 
So when I think of spiritual practices, that's kind of my deal. And I'm listening and trying to pay attention to that and what those might be. But that being said, I have certain practices I've done for a long time. Uh, one of the mentors in my life, uh, when I was like 14 years old, this guy kind of came into my life and a kind of in a church setting. And uh, he, he began to invest in me and he gave me a high sense of what it means to not just read my Bible, but see the Bible as something that was actually speaking into my life. He encouraged just uh, the sense of engagement with scripture that was more than reading a chapter before I went to bed at night. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. And, right. uh, that in itself can be a great discipline. Right. But he, he began to press into that place of saying, how is this beginning to shape your life? This word from the Lord this sense of the scriptures. And so from the time I was probably 14 years old until now, this man encouraged that uh, a sense of a practice, a daily practice of engaging with the scriptures. That typically is the kind of practice that most churches would come to a, a person that maybe made a profession of faith, was baptized, and they'd say, you know, you need to read your Bible every day. And that would be kind of a a practice, they would say. And like I said, I think that is an excellent practice. So I nothing wrong with that. It's just how I do that. Oftentimes, I tell people that that's something they should do. I just give them no skill sets to actually do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of my mentor's work in my life was to not only say, read your Bible every day, but to say, here's a way to do it, or here's some things to think about as you do that. And those have been very formative to my life. I still try daily to set aside time where I'm just sitting with my Bible, with paper and pen, just kind of looking and saying, what is it that, God, you are speaking to me? And some of that has to do with uh, study components, where I am studying a text and looking at it maybe in a little different way or uh, and I think whenever I'm reading, I'm kind of trying to pay attention to where is this happening? What's going on here? But always with the sense of now, how is this shaping my life? So I don't want to just leave it with the sense of I've read it. I don't want to leave it with the sense of I have some understanding of what is going on and how this happened and why this happened and things like that. I'm always moving toward this, this sense of, okay, so how is this shaping the way I live my life? So that practice has just kind of been consistent for a lot of years and still is, and I'm still doing that. And uh, even when I'm on the road and I'm out and about, I'm trying to figure out how I will get that kind of time in. I don't really put a time frame on it too much. It typically ends up being probably an hour, and it may go longer depending on what goes on with that. So being in Scripture, I think, is a significant place uh, for people to begin, especially if you want to say, I want to hear the voice of God. Mm. So, and, you know, if, if we're honest, who wouldn't like to hear the voice of God? You know, if you're making decisions, if you're 
trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go. Who doesn't want to hear the voice of God? One of the potential problems with reading scripture is that you can a lot of times come to the scriptures and it's just words on a page. And we've disconnected from the sense of this is the voice of God somehow speaking into life. When we look at the scriptures, typically we forget that this began as something that was orally communicated. It wasn't written down. So everybody was listening. Mm. Everybody was listening for that voice. Somewhere along the line, all of a sudden, it's put into some sort of written form, and people now can write it out on pieces of papyrus, on clay, pieces of tablet, and things like that. They can have a copy somewhere that they can refer to. But in the beginning, it's all oral. It's somebody's talking, and they're listening. And the art of listening has probably been lost to us to some degree. We've become much more engaged with our eyes than we have with our ears. So when I look at the scriptures and when I encourage other people to look at the scriptures, it's not to say that reading them is bad. It's actually a a primary way, way we may engage with them. But how do we move from the sense of seeing this text? to identifying it as the voice of God, to begin to, to look and say, you know, this is, God somewhere is speaking this to me now. That's why I think sometimes it's fun to read the scriptures out loud with people and just encourage them to listen. We did that when, uh, Kurt, we were in the spiritual direction group and we'd show up for Lectio Divina. We would read the scriptures out loud and encourage people, listen to this text. Because somewhere in this, when we begin to connect with voice, we begin to connect with person. And we begin to connect with personality. Two things I do every morning these days is the examine. Mm -hmm. And ask God, where was your presence for me in the last 24 hours? Where did I see you? Where did I miss you? And sit in silence and listen for him Mm -hmm. to bring the 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 moments where I saw him and where I missed him and then I write him down and the, and then when I go into the scripture reading I I read it three times with uh, with a question before each one and yeah so the first time I read it is like God what it what is it you're highlighting for me what word or phrase or sentence. And then I read usually about 15 verses. Um, the, the devotional I do only has one verse a day. And so yeah. I read the whole, I read like 15 verses around that, you know? Uh-huh. So, and then I notice like whatever jumps out at whatever, whatever um, grabs my attention. So for you, what is listening with that pen in your hand and the, and the paper with you, if you can kind of bring this into like a tangible way of mm-hmm. describing it, what, what does listening look like for you as you're reading? How do you notice when, oh, this is, I'm reading this passage. Oh, and I think God is giving me this. Well, I think part of it is time. Uh, I think to listen well involves time. If I'm communicating with a person and they share something with me, they can share in a sentence, maybe whatever this issue, whatever the theme, whatever that idea is. 
but it takes time to really kind of unpack everything that's maybe behind that. When I come to the scriptures and I'm listening to the voice of God, God can say a lot of things. Because I've spent a fair amount of time reading the Bible, you know, I, I can read something and I, it, I can be as distracted internally as the next person, okay? So I can be thinking about what, you know, what I'm going to have for breakfast, or I'm, I can be thinking about my next cup of coffee, and when I finish this piece, then I'll go do that, or what's the list of things to do today? I am incredibly distracted. So it takes some time for me sitting with, say, that passage, those 15 verses. I have to sit with those verses. I read them. I write them down oftentimes. So Mm. part of this discipline involves writing the text, and that helps me engage with it. But even then, I've gotten pretty good at writing the text. And I can be distracted writing the text. So, you know, it's kind of like that little phrase that says familiarity breeds contempt. Oh, yeah. You know, but I find that if I give it time and I sit with it, that usually there are things that go beneath the text itself into the heart of what God is trying to say to me in those places. For instance, with today, when I spent time in a particular passage, I really just walked away to some degree with this sense of, I don't understand how this works in Mm. the whole scheme of things, okay? Now, I think for many of us, we figure that if we spend enough time, we're going to understand everything. (laughs) And there's there's nothing wrong with understanding things. But I find that a lot of times there's stuff that just, I'm not sure how it fits. Mm. And I think in that, what I began to sense from the Lord was, will you trust me even when you don't understand how it fits? And trust that I am still Lord of this and that I am still over whatever the circumstance is that you look at and say, this is uncomfortable because I don't understand how it all plays out, how it fits with this other piece that I'm thinking about. And sometimes I think God is just saying, will you be willing to enter into the mystery of who I am and trust me there? And mystery is frightening. Oh, man. It's also compelling. Yes. It's also compelling. I mean, who doesn't love to read a great mystery? But I love typically it. <laughs> when you, yeah, when you read a mystery, you're thinking, There's going to be a solution here somewhere. To engage with the mystery of God is to recognize that maybe I'm not going to come up with a solution by myself. I'm just saying that I'm going to end up knowing that this is beyond what I am able to solve. I think when I'm looking for information, when I'm trying to get all the right answers, God has become a problem I solve rather than someone I'm with. Hmm. So transactional versus relational. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily come to God just because I'm going to get the answer I want. Oftentimes, confusion is not the answer I want, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, lack of understanding, because all that sense of understanding, it feeds me, 
it feeds a part of me that oftentimes moves into the places of arrogance and i i know that already i you know i i've done that been there i've had all that experience i've got that wired and i don't think god ever wants me to be in that place mm. i think he always wants me to be in the place where i'm open to the next thing that's coming if i've got it wired already i'll shut down before he ever has a chance to say anything to me Mm. so part of this for me is coming to the scriptures and taking the time yeah and recognizing that to really engage with the voice of god may take more than just reading the words on the page it may take some time to just sit in that his presence there with that word and i might have to write some things down and a lot of times this is the place where the practice of journaling something of that kind can in a sense interlock with the the practice of coming to the scriptures it can be they can kind of have uh an integrative point uh where you are beginning to say here's what i'm reading in the scriptures and this is the sense i get out of this and maybe initially what i'm writing down is just this is some of the pieces I'm sensing and how they relate. But as I journal, oftentimes that's that further way of listening. It's a further engagement with the process of just saying, Lord, what is it? And mm -hmm. allowing the Holy Spirit to somehow direct me in that. So time is one of the pieces of that. Yeah. Writing is one of the pieces of that practice of engaging with the scriptures. And both those things help. Yeah, that's awesome. Kim, something mm -hmm. grabbed you. I can see that you're resonating with something there. Uh, no, you spent too much time with someone when they get that stuff. Ah, um, there you go. After all these years, I'm still not 100% used to someone who actually pays attention. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just thinking when you're talking about, you know, transactional versus relational. And I just remember there's this Christian author whose books I really loved. And uh, one of the girls was saying, well, there's no point in prayer. Mm. Like, you know, my sister prayed for years and nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. And so the other character is like, well, remember when we were making, I think they were making candy or something in the other day. And they were talking and you asked me for another piece. And I said, no was our conversation a waste of time? And the other girl's like, well, no. And she's like, well, why not? She's like, well, because I just wanted to be with you. Wow. You know, and that, that stuck with me for years. Just the idea that we tend to look, we can tend to look mm -hmm. at our time with God, our Bible study, our practices as what am I going to get out of it? Mm -hmm. And God's like, I want to be with you. You're mm -hmm. my kids you're my friends i love you amen you know it's just that reminder of even if we get nothing or we think we get nothing was it a waste of time and the answer has to be if we're coming at it from the right attitude no of course not because mm. we're just being his kids with him i would say kim that is to to have that peace that kind of insight and understanding into your relationship with god is a huge piece that a lot of people may miss we live in a world of accomplishment where performance tends to be about how much did you get done? And so being with God 
can oftentimes be another thing on the list of things to do today. The mentor I was telling you about, mm -hmm. he had this great line. He said, prayer is not something you do. It's someone you're with. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is really good. Boom, prayer the is mic. not something you do. <laughs> prayer is someone you're with. Say it one more okay. time because I interrupted. So say that again, John. Prayer is not something you do. It's someone you are with. So when you practice any kind of engagement with God, you're, any creation of space there is because of this person that desperately loves you and desperately wants to be with you. Uh, you know, Henry Nouwen's definition of spiritual discipline, I think, is one of the best that I've ever heard. And he said, you know, spiritual disciplines are making space in your life for God to act. Okay. Yeah. So you can do something so much as you're just creating space so God can do something transformative <laughs> in your life. And uh, to some degree, that's where we are in this process. We, uh, when we engage in church and that new believer, that one who's made that profession of faith is told, you need to read your Bible. Somewhere in their mind, they're thinking, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And oftentimes, we miss that opportunity to say, this is about you being with someone who loves you and being in a conversational relationship. I think that's a great place to stop. I think John has touched on a lot that we would do well to sit with, meditate on, and process. But don't worry, there's much more to come. John has so much more to share with us. And to give you a little taste of what part two is like, I just want you to think about this. Identity. How important is identity to everything we do? We're going to talk about that in our conversation with John next time. Before you go, let me ask you a question. Are you stuck in any way in your life? Whether it's being stuck in past wounds that you can't seem to get over, or whether it's just being stuck in certain patterns of thinking and behaving now that you just can't seem to get past, or you feel stuck when it comes to the future, you want to know what God has for you and how to move into that. Well, let me help you with that. As a coach, my goal is to help you discover who God made you to be. What is your unique identity? Let me help you discover that because everything else you want out of life flows from that. If you're interested in having a consultation with me, you can reach me at coachkurt777 at gmail.com. That's coachkurt as in C-O-A-C-H-K-U-R-T 777 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, you are God's beloved, so be loved. Be loved.